Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. James here. I'm here with Drew, um, and we got our special guest, No Ideas. Um, Drew, you want to introduce them real quick, and then yeah. Uh, so, No Ideas is a studio run by Devin Washburn and Philip DeBello. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in Brooklyn, New York, and they work on identities, websites, printed matter, editorial design, and art direction for commercial and cultural clients. And I, I think that their work blends a lot of deadpan humor, refined typography, and unique interactivity as well. Um, their work is very bold and has like a sense of joy to it, which is part of why we like it so much. Um, and since 2018, they've directed art, they've art directed the covers for Verso Books, which I've had the privilege of working on with them a bit. And uh, they also teach design and typography at SVA and Parsons. So hopefully that is a good primer, but I don't really, <laughs> there's probably much more to add, uh, but yeah, they've worked with lots of clients, including, um, Morgan Stearns <laughs> and, uh, my personal favorite and yeah, so that's yeah, anything I, else you want to add. No, I feel like you did a really great job and that's, yeah, I feel like your interpretation of our work is really sweet and that's kind of like what we aim for. So that's really great to hear. Sweet. Um, just for our audience, you guys want to sort of identify yourself so people know which voice is whose? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Devin Washburn. Uh, I'm Philip DeBello. Cool. Yeah, this is yeah. the first like actual more than one person yeah, of a yeah, studio yeah. we've had. Because yeah. usually one person will just be like, I'll do it. But yeah. now, <laughs> this is actually what we want. I think this is a yeah. little bit. Not that the other ones weren't great, but like I think yeah. this is a cool opportunity to talk to people yeah. uh, who work together, not just like one person's point of view about it. Totally. Um, so, and, and on that note, that's uh, kind of like what we wanted to start off with. Um, so we we're just wondering, like, how you guys met, and just you know how how the whole no ideas thing came to be. Yeah, uh, Phil and I both went to SBA together uh, back in like 20, uh, 2011 mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, we, we were in a lot of the same classes. We had like the same thesis class. Um, and so we spent a lot of time like working close together and collaborating. Uh, and then since we graduated, we kind of went separate ways. Phil did a, worked at a lot of like web studios and, and different like interactive agencies. Uh, I did a lot of print work. I worked at um, publishing houses and a few other like agencies as well. Uh, and then, yeah, we we're both, we we're always kind of like working together on, on like small projects um, just for fun. But then, yeah, I think we kind of hit a point um, at a certain point where we were just kind of like both fed up with our jobs and we had always talked about starting a studio and yeah, we were just kind of like, it's now or never basically. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm actually kind of curious about those like, uh, pain points in the job, um, which will kind of lead me to my, my second question back to the partnership. But, um, yeah, like what were one of the more frustrating experiences uh, holding down a design job before jumping into the studio life? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think, well, we, I've been very fortunate and, and had a lot of uh, jobs that I really appreciated and worked with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, bosses and other designers who I really respect and, and learned a lot from. Uh, but then there's always like that moment or the point in every job where you feel like um, 
maybe like your ideas aren't like getting through like you would like them to. I think that's what really kind of uh, was the biggest like point for me is um, there's always so many layers involved between like me as the designer and the client. Uh, and I know it's like a little arrogant to think, but you're always like, I'm pretty sure I know what the client wants, <laughs> uh, but it's just not making it to the client. Like yeah. I just wish I could talk to them. Yeah. Uh, mm. And things would get kind of like shot down by either the art director or like the creative director or, or whoever it might be. Um, and it just became really frustrating. Right. Uh, and I think maybe Phil shares like a similar sensibility. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Phil, how was your experience? Yeah, I think um, I, throughout the course of my design career, I had been uh, just around a lot of like, uh, really great like mentors or people that I considered uh, good like leaders and I saw them kind of like doing this type of thing and I always looked at them and I was like oh you know if I get it, if like I always looked up to that and if I had the chance to like kind of do what they were doing that's that's what I wanted to do so it was always kind of like looking up to the people and being like, oh, yeah someday I kind of want to be like doing that you know that's cool it's like uh a certain amount of frustration that led to achieving kind of your goal. Um, nice. So like once you guys jumped into the studio format, I mean, you guys are used to working together, but like now, uh, like Devin, like you're the, you're the only layer to get that like brilliant idea across to the client. So like, I'm actually more curious, like not about like how you guys pitch the, the ideas and stuff. Like clearly you're able to execute, but I'm more curious about like the the way you guys kind of play off each other. Um, like for example, like I know a couple studios here in Korea where they're like groups of three or four, and um, they also started working together when they're in school, and they developed like a like I guess also as students, as you're learning, you're always like pushing each other uh, because you're both discovering the same things, and they like maintain that. <clears throat> really like intense like discourse that intense like you know debating culture and like uh i recently talked to one studio and they're like yeah we're more afraid of each other than our clients <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like really intense uh but like i can see that like the work makes like the work made together at least for those studios like really like is much more powerful you can tell which ones are like oh there wasn't that much talk between the, the, the partners um Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think we we work really collaboratively, and I think we also um, we have we have similar sensibilities, and we're we're both kind of like striving for the same end result. I would say uh, so. We both kind of um, kind of like explore and then just help each other out and like give each other feedback, um, and we also really complement each other really well. I feel. Um, there are often times where I'm just kind of like in my head or I can't figure something out and then, you know, I'll show it to Phil and he he has an idea and it like works perfectly. Um, so it's really great to just have that like other person to like bounce things off of and kind of help you, you know, move forward. Totally. Yeah. I don't know if our like when we're working on stuff together, we're we're like hyping each other up maybe or something like that. Oh, cool. Nice. Like, like, I don't know, like get in really intense conversations and stuff like that. I think yeah. it's mostly like, you know, like we'll throw a bunch of stuff out there. We'll kind of like, we work a lot like even Figma now and we're just in the same document working all the time. And then I'll like scroll over and see what Devin's doing and maybe like grab it and like play around with it or something like that, you know? So, and then we sort of just like through that process kind of weed out the good ideas and the bad ideas. and. And um, yeah, yeah, I think that that's kind of like our process more than uh, getting into like heated debates or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like hyping each other up is a good explanation. Like, you know, that uh, that like improv mantra where it's like, yes, and where you just always kind of like agree, <laughs> agree to the thing. Yeah. But like, let's see. OK, that's a good idea. But now how can we make it even crazier or something? Yeah, right, right. Uh, so I yeah. feel like we do a lot of that, especially in like the ex exploration phase of a project. Yeah. That, that's it cool. Also, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Drew. Yeah. I was just going to say it also sounds like, you know, there's like not a lot of like 
present it's like no one goes off to a corner and does something and then like presents it to the other really it's more like you're seeing it all happening in real time so like there's a lot of trust yeah 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 that's a good point yeah i'm curious also like uh since you guys work together in school too like how has that like was it always like a hyping up relationship when you're like learning together and you like carried that through like client work um and like also like I guess, for example, it's interesting to hear that you guys are using Figma because Michelle from Studio Yukiko mentioned a similar, like, new way of working for them, like, especially during the pandemic was, like, they would just have this giant slide deck, uh, Google Slides deck, and then people would just throw things in anonymously. Um, So people would see the progress in sketches. And then, like, you know, before, this is, like, a pretty common thing in studios where it's, like, can I drive? And then you take over the, the mouse. And, <laughs> um, and then I heard a really funny story, like where this one creative director, he's left-handed. So he'd always like switch the mic and he's like, but yeah, I'm curious, like how, how that like, you know, partner that, that like process has evolved, like, or how do you even like keep that spirit up? Like you've seen all each other's moves, like, do you guys like think about surprising each other or is it more, as you said, Devin, like pulling each other out of your own holes? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good question. Well, I think going to school together, we also, uh, we had a lot of the same uh, teachers and uh, like Phil was saying, like designers that we really looked up to. Uh, one of the, our thesis teacher was Paul Serre, uh, who, um, who like Eric Carter worked for. We were listening to that episode earlier. Uh, but I think Paul really like instilled a lot of um, a lot of like our design sensibilities and the way that we kind of like work and really push for uh, surprising each other. Uh, so I think that really helped. And, um, and yeah, having that like connection, like kind of like growing up or like, you know, going to school with that same background really helped us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the pandemic has only sort of like poured gasoline on that sort of collaborative effort. Like uh, before we would maybe share like illustrator files or InDesign files and it'd be like, okay, I'm out of that one. You can jump into it now. But with Figma, it's basically like, we're just, you know, like it's just all happening live in real time. And it's just sort of like, sped things up and makes us work faster and um yeah and and you can kind of like get into things quicker uh with the with the newer technology so it's like really nice to have a a tool like that that's so it makes the makes the job a little more effortless yeah nice nice yeah um so also just to describe the studio a bit like is it mostly just you two these days or there interns you have like collaborators that are like more like on the roster yeah it's it's just us two for the most part uh we we used to have an intern uh hilda wong uh who's an amazing designer uh but we no longer yeah it's mostly just us and then we work with a lot of collaborators depending on the project uh quite often we'll like work with a developer uh, especially on like larger web projects um, and, and we'll also work with like photographers and, um, copywriters and, and things like that as well. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. But just the, just kind of like the day to day, it's just, you know, Devin and I yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. On that note, like, uh, were you, I mean, you guys were obviously friends first, but, um, like, how has that friendship evolved from being students to now work like partners and just like, you know, I'm sure there's a different type of intimacy, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of like anything like um, the, you just build like such a strong bond because you're, you go through all the same sort of like ups and downs and struggles with the studio and clients. Uh, we've really had some like high points and we've had some low points and, you know, you experience them together and yeah, it's, yeah, it's really great.
Welcome back. It's been a while. You have had some time to breathe, to think, to recuperate, to take life in and explore. Yet you wonder, what if your creativity doesn't return with you when you sit back in the studio chair? What if your insights come slower than usual? What if you can't be the designer you always dreamt of? Fear consumes you as you struggle with adapting back to this new pace. The slow but intense click of the mouse. The heavy clacking of the keys. The slack alerts. The bubbling email notifications. And though it's a familiar rhythm, it's hard to tap back into that flow that once came so naturally. You wonder about your ability to focus and thrive through this cacophony. But you have been here before, and you will return here again, many times. Life is long and short at the same time. There's no need to worry about what ifs. You have creativity within you, and your passion will discover new ideas that excite you, if you let it. Take a look inside and at all the inspiration around you. Don't ask what if, ask what next. Is there like, um, was there like a learning, was there a point where it was like you guys were friends and then you decided to do this and then there was a, like this sort of like trajectory of like, are we friends or partners now or both? And then like, what happened? Like, is, has it affected your friendship, uh, both positively and or negatively? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really notice it affecting our friendship at all, actually. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe because like, you were friends within kinda... design anyways, like design has always been like the connector in your friendship to a degree. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. People always say like, you know, mixing business with friendship or, or you know, family or something like that. But I never noticed anything. Yeah. Yeah, I worked with, I worked with, um, <laughs> I, I worked with uh, Jeff Halber and uh, Kyle Blue at Everything Type Company. And they mm-hmm. had thing where they um they, they were like friends before they started the studio and i kind of asked yeah. them that exact same question and then they just uh, their answer i guess is something i'll just kind of like steal or borrow but it's like uh you have like a friendship but then it, it's like uh you know when you get into a relationship with someone like all of a sudden there's like more responsibilities and and things like that and you like become but like uh yeah like you know closer because you're going through like traumas together and stuff <laughs> so it's like uh yeah it just like strengthens the bond maybe we need okay. you know we need to do some more like beers at the end of the day or something like that. yeah like do you guys <laughs> still hang out like outside of work like are you like let's just like <laughs> not work and like watch a movie or like, or, like <laughs> come over to one one person's like house for dinner like or is it is that like is it like always kind of work talk when you guys are together? No, no, we, we, we try to like hang out when we can. Uh, it's not like we're inseparable or anything like that, but we, uh, we try to like get together, have dinners and, and drinks and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, the occasional like after work beer just to kind of like unwind or digest the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know. I feel like I'm always so like, I feel like my brain's just always thinking about like, this and like what we're doing and stuff like that so when we are hanging out outside of work it's always like i gotta hold back from talking about this but i want to like talk to him about this you know like yeah did, did yeah. you see that email that just came in can you believe that <laughs> so you guys maybe it's like you have to set boundaries about like not spending time together outside of work because yeah, then you yeah. will be working which is kind of like that's what i was kind of getting at i guess it's like does it then become like 
an avoidant sort of thing where it's like, well, I don't want to think about this right now, so I can't see this person. <laughs> like, um, also, we're kind of like uh, looking for some advice, I guess, because Drew and I are like, we're in a new partnership, I guess, with the podcast. And also, I mean, I don't think Drew shared that much about this, but Graphic Support Group is also a idea of his if you want to elaborate a little bit yeah i mean i talked to you guys about it a bit like last time we chatted but and it's i guess it's like sort of uh not on hold but i did just start a new job so like it's probably not gonna be that active uh uh yeah like just the idea of it being like a studio or like a platform from which to do like multiple things, not just make work, but also like have a podcast, but also like maybe it is like getting people together to talk about like emotional issues (laughs) related to this. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, James and I actually like were really close in grad school, similarly to you guys. And like we didn't really work together though. Yeah. But we, I was inspired by your, work because you were like the only yeah. person doing stuff that i found like like similar to what i was interested in right 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 uh, it was also really cool seeing you evolve because drew came from uh i mean he had a design background but like he wasn't a design major in undergrad yeah um, i think it's so- interesting now that like the point that we're in where yeah we didn't really work together in school we just kind of like used each other as like bouncing ideas off and then we like mm-hmm. didn't really talk for like ye- several years much yeah because really. i was in korea yeah and now we're doing this but now this is like the only context that we really like i mean we text each other and stuff but like yeah, this yeah. is kind of the, our relationship now so it's that's our why main I was relationship yeah yeah so it's like now it's like oh if i'm talking to james like we're, I better like have some answers or like you know vice versa. <laughs> I wonder that. That's kind of what I was getting at. Where it's like, oh, is he gonna ask like, where's that you know document that we were gonna start or whatever? <laughs> um, I guess that's not really a question, but just to kind of give you context of where we're at too, like it yeah. is interesting. I think. Yeah, um, no, that's really exciting. We really love what you're doing with the whole support group aspect. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like. Yeah, we think it's brilliant and it's a much needed, you know, framing for this industry. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, I think ideally we could take it a little bit further. I feel like we're not actually doing the name as justice as we could as we're not doing as well. How do I even phrase that? We're not doing the name justice properly, potentially, because I think that there's more opportunity for it to be like a legitimate like so, uh, resource. Um but people haven't really taken us up on that either. Like we have a hotline. Nobody's called it yet. But... Yeah, I was gonna call into that actually. <laughs> you yeah, should because please do. I mean, we one will... of the things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So go go. I mean, we're we definitely like want to pit. We'll definitely keep your your voice anonymous and stuff. But um, yeah, like as Drew was saying, like I think it being a resource. I mean, I think I've heard plenty of responses that like yeah we need a space like this in design culture um but i think we're also trying to figure out our own like therapy style a little bit um yeah but uh, it was funny because we're we're preparing for this and we're like okay we gotta make sure that they represent each other equally and like and we're like this is like couples therapy Um, do you want to respond to that, Devin? Now, do you yeah. want to respond to <laughs> yeah. that, Philip? How does that make you feel, Philip? <laughs> but it um, sounds like you guys are like either really good at pretending you're on the same page or actually are, which is. Uh... <laughs> but if if you, I don't know, like yeah, well, it, it's tricky because obviously there's probably things that are like more complicated uh, about a partnership, but I don't well, know. I, I'm... I'm curious also, like, because, uh, like, to, to give a more anecdotal uh, example, like, one thing that was hard for me when I was, when Drew and I were starting this is, like, Drew, I think, had a very clear vision and tone in his mind, but, like, didn't really know how to communicate it yet because he needed to do it. And so that took me a while to, like, understand, like, where he was coming from with Graphic Support Group. And so I'm curious, like, when there are those moments of confusion, like you guys are very much in sync, but like when those moments of like being out of sync come, like how do you sort of like touch back to each other? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's just kind of like a communication thing, maybe. Uh, like, I feel like any any glimpses of that is just like maybe one of us isn't like communicating like super well, but it's just kind of like recognizing that and then trying to you know communicate a little better or like sometimes it's just like. We'll, we'll be like trying to describe something to each other and we just can't visualize it. So it's just a matter of like drawing it on a sheet of paper and like with a Sharpie and it's like, see, like this. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, know. I think Sometimes like the process like, is, yeah, the process is such a big part of it too. Cause you can't know what it's going to be unless like you build off of it. Yeah. But Philip, what do you think about that? Equal <laughs> <laughs> representation. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe sometimes it's just a matter of like, hey, we got to take a step back. Hey, we got to go and get a coffee or something like that, you know, and like talk through these ideas. Or uh, I feel like it always happens at like lunch too, you know, like we'll be like sitting next to one another and like working on a problem or like, you know, maybe a meeting went well or maybe it didn't go well or something like that. But it's always that kind of like break, get away from your computer screen. And then like we're, you know, eating lunch across from one another and, you know, just like talk it out and work it out and figure out, mm. you know, what's the best way to, to like, you know, move forward. Yeah. yeah. So many, so many things have been figured out over those like Frankie's lunches. So. I'm curious also, like we kind of asked this about uh, to Eric, um, like how is that? Imp- and you touched on it a little bit, Philip, but like that impression that you, it made on you to work with these, like, I mean, from pretty really famous and well-known practicing designers work at S- uh, teach at SVA, and like, I can imagine that that was a very humanizing process. Um, and just like how that struck you guys, like, oh, like Stefan Sagmeister is teaching class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you're especially at that age, you're very like impressionable. So uh, at least myself, I took a lot of what they said, you know to heart and uh, it really shaped the way that I saw design because I, I I had gone to a community college before, which was very like strict Bauhausian kind of stuff, you know, like we had the, the squares and we were doing like circle square triangle and, and then I got to SVA and it was like <laughs> the total opposite of that, you know, like, like, uh, you know, Peter Buchanan Smith just saying like, here's a latitude and longitude, like go there and your project has to be about this, you know, like, like, like these assignments that just totally like, uh, you, you have no idea what to do. And, and it really comes from you. Like you have to sort of figure out how you're going to like shape this project and what you have to say and how you want to say it. And, uh, you know, th- th- that's, that's a very, yeah, thing. I feel like SBA too has this good balance of like, the ability to like make you fall in love with design in a kind of romantic sense, but also have the ability to like push you out of your comfort zones in like a more conceptual way. Whereas I think like, I don't know what James's experience was, but for me going to RISD was a bit like design is not what I thought it was. And like that world that like that romanticized world is like, it's kind of like, like drilled into you that it's not like worthwhile, which I, I don't agree with actually. Like, I think that like, the balance is really the special thing. There's um, a little bit less whimsy at RISD. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, whimsy exists in terms of like your mind is like the most powerful right, tool, right, right, like right, kind right. of like, but also like, can't we make like nice packaging still? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, is that not allowed? Like, um, so I like the like kind of balance that you guys are describing too, where it's like, oh, I can work with like one of the most famous like designers in the world and like fall in love with that and like be like inspired by that like legacy kind of idea, but also like do the other thing. Um, I kind of on that, that that note in spirit of like fun, um, we wanted to talk to you guys about your humor. Um, I think like uh, from the work that I've seen, like there's, it's not like as overt, but as Drew was saying, there's a deadpan kind of like brutal attitude to your typography. And then you guys definitely seem to kind of like grasp onto the whimsy of the web, whether it be like funky interactions or like funny URLs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like, love the URLs. Like, yeah. 
like uh, uh, yeah and also like i think your idea the the name no ideas is also a little tongue-in-cheek right yeah no it's yeah. not at all james <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any ideas <laughs> i don't think you're i don't think you got the that just kidding sorry yeah it's true um well, yeah, I think part of like naming the the studio that too was to sort of set like a what do you call it like barrier for entry. Uh, we we essentially didn't want to attract any clients who like didn't have a sense of humor or <laughs> like who who weren't like um, on the same page as us in a way. Yeah, I guess. But the it funny thing down. is, like, I feel like it just turns it like pentagram or something like that. Like, it just becomes so like ubiquitous, you know? Like, yeah. it kind of loses its meaning after a while, or like two by four or something like that. Like, you right. don't really think about what that word means or the name means. It just kind of like yeah. turns into its own thing. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely when we started it, we were just kind of like, I don't know, let's not take ourselves that seriously, but let's let's have a little bit of fun with this. Like, I don't know, where can we go with this? What were some of some of the uh, front runners besides no ideas? Do you have a do you remember? <laughs> I mean, I have a I probably have a doc somewhere. We were keeping a list. Yeah, we were. Uh, they were all like in the same vein. It was all like like self deprecating. Yeah, self deprecating <laughs> and things that kind of um, we we really wanted to like uh, show. We like kind of like exposing the process, I guess. And we wanted the name to kind of like not feel final, but like sh like somehow like pull back the curtain to kind of like show the process in a way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that was something that I was noticing like when we were talking, James and I was just like the idea of like pulling back the curtain to a specific point is sort of like central to the work that you guys do, it seems like. Hmm. Um, and I think there's humor in that too, because it's like you have to kind of like, it's like a moving target depending on what the project is, like how far can you pull it back without it being like forced, but also like, yeah. So I'm curious about how you like straddle the, the line between like, all right, it's funny, but it also has like sophistication, but clearly it doesn't take itself too seriously. But then you do things for like Urso books where it's like, well, these are like very important political ideas, but there's still humor in it. So hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I definitely think humor is like a big part of um, like our approach and and the way we kind of like think about design. It's not that it like has to make it into every project because uh, there are just some you know situations where it's not appropriate. Uh, but I think that's sort of where our I don't know. It's you know, you, things have to be fun for you like as a designer to you know to work on. You you don't want to just like goes through life without like you know having fun with your work <laughs> some people definitely do but i i'm not one of them <laughs> the uh, masochist designer is definitely an archetype for sure yeah that's uh, why this like that's why this podcast is so great because these uh the like interludes that you do with uh <laughs> with like the meditation and everything like that's ex that's a perfect example of just like yeah just run with it yeah i mean i think that's actually it's really interesting that we're talking to you guys well it's not it's it's very coincidental like it's not a coincidence we we planned this obviously <laughs> but um you know like i think that that is a good point like we're definitely trying and like full like in full transparency too like i don't think this is like something that we're hiding but like trying to blur the line between whether or not this is really what we say it is or if it's something else. And I think like, yeah. the moving target of that is mm. what keeps me interested in it. It's like, we really do want to connect with people. We really do want to provide a space for support, but that doesn't mean it has to be like serious, you know? Right. And like, also I think humor is a great way of like kind of making people feel more uh, trustworthy or something like, like, yeah, I don't know, it's like those med I think. Yeah. yeah, like those meditations are like hilarious, but they also can be used like yeah. they actually like are a utility, like yeah. they work if you actually were to try them. So it's like, uh, yeah. And, and I think hu like adding humor into a meditation is also like an interesting idea because it's like, oh, this is funny, but also like it calmed me down. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. 
it's interesting that you guys like caught on to that too it seems um i feel like your tote bag the empathy tote bag is sort of like very similar in the same sense where it's like you know it's like trying to sell it looks like a sales pitch for like an emotion uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe you guys could talk a bit about that <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of it i guess um yeah, that's the story behind that. Yeah, we were just kind of like, I mean, obviously, there's always so much going on in the world. Um, but that was definitely derived from like the Trump era, uh, where he was just closing down borders and, you know, just being extremely racist, among other things. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that was another one of those Frankie's like lunch conversations where we were kind of like, when we started the studio, it was like just after the Trump thing had started and we were both really fired up about it. And uh, I remember we were talking about whatever had happened that day, you know, like one of the many tweet storms or whatever he did. And we were pissed off about it at lunch and we were just like, you know, what can we do like right now? Like what's a gesture that we can do to try to like make people maybe like be a little bit more compassionate to one another? And then we were thinking about like, if you put the word empathy on a tote bag and then people are walking around with this word empathy, you know, like what basically like you, like if someone asked you for like a swipe at the Metro card, you know, like, and you're carrying this like tote bag around, like you're going to say, say no. You can't say no. Forcing <laughs> people you like. You could, but then you're just a jerk. Yeah. Then you have no empathy. It's like, they just steal your bag. <laughs> it actually <laughs> works because like, you know, if someone does come up to you asking for money or something like maybe you might have like said no, but then I'll be carrying it and I catch myself and I'm like, Oh, like, you know, I, yeah, I it's like a no. reminder. Yeah. It's a nice little <laughs> reminder. Um, yeah. And the other idea was like, it's weird that we thought this word empathy was like almost like becoming political or something like the idea that maybe you're wearing an empathy tote bag and people might associate you being like liberal when like the idea of empathy shouldn't be political it's just common sense yeah, yeah. support now we love hearing from the design community call us at 202-507-9158 please share your story with us after the tone we'll do our best to respond on our podcast please leave a name or alias design role and location thank you for your call been thinking a lot about how like you know 30 40 years ago you would never see somebody presenting a political idea on a t-shirt or like on a on a commodity but because of like the capitalization of the whole system like that is just so obvious now like i was in florida and i went and they had there was just like a blue like basically what what i would describe as a blue lives matter like apparel company which was like bizarre to me because you would think like you know in a political a politically charged era of the past like you wouldn't have like designers making like shirts promoting like you know whatever twisted ideologies or not might be so i think it it also is sort of a commentary on that too probably right like that people are wearing shirts that say like i'm a like mother of right, two right. or whatever like, right, right, like right, cool right. like what, the need to express now. is uh is much was much more heated i think mm -hmm. 
I mean, there were shirts and stuff, I guess, back then, but like but this idea. I think of, designer's like, involvement felt a little bit more uh, uh, passionate and like useful this time around. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We had like yeah. this. We had Nikki Juin who runs, who's a part of Brick by Brick, um, and their like protest is a very designed action, and like the form follows the function in a really like beautiful way. If you guys ever get a chance, like they have these jump suits with like these brick patterns, but then the bricks are really like demeaning words that uh, women are called and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, um... Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the things I think about a lot, which is, like, I hate to be the person referencing David Foster Wallace, but, like, David Foster, <laughs> David Foster Wallace's essay about TV, which is, like, basically about how, uh, you know, this idea that, like, we're being shown how to behave by, like, television and, like, it's kind of like a negative cycle. Um, I think, like... I don't even know. Where was I going with that? I got to reread that. I, I like David Foster Wallace, I guess, is my point. <laughs> I, had a, I had a point, but I can't remember what it was. But, uh, yeah, like, um, I'll, it'll come back to me. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, like, oh, I think the, I was talking about, like, also just humor and earnestness and, like, kind of this, oh, yeah, this, like, meta kind of way of describing oneself or, like, kind of presenting your work as, as like, something that can laugh at itself. Mm-hmm. There was a point in time where that was like revolutionary is, is David Foster Wallace's point. And then it became sort of like rote and like actually a part of mass culture. Mm. And it became less of like a signifier that like self-awareness. Now, if you'll, if you look around actually like some of the most like mainstream people I've ever met are like very self-deprecating and like like business people you know like that's part of like the parlance now of like being a business person so like the fact that i think it's taking a second round to like kind of self-parody or like like your work definitely has the quality of self-parody or like earnestness meeting comedy in a way that feels like fresh despite the fact that it like did go through all of that Um, but i'm curious like what you guys think about that idea that like it now is so common to be like self-deprecating or to be like uh funny about things that aren't that funny like i don't know yeah yeah i i don't know i feel like we're sort of like circling back to like sincerity being king you know like postmodernism is all about that and now i feel like we're, we're we're like moving past that where like sincerity is actually I don't know, uh, maybe what's like defining the things that people are making now and stuff like that. I can't yeah. what exactly, or, or not, I don't know. I, I, I can't really even say like, you know. Yeah, I think sincerity. I mean, we're like caught yeah, in the moment because you have like online ceramics and like brain dead sort of like mining the like counterculture hippie mentality, but it's being sold at a high price and worn by people who may or may not have any interest in those ideals like the empathy tote bag being a great example of something that like you know could go either way like oh it's cool to have empathy now but like i don't actually care about other people i just want a bag that's like like that kind of like dance it's like where are we there's also there's also like kind of a return of like the 90s sentimentality where it's like a detached like i care but i don't care like it's care to it's like I feel like it's like this, like, it's important to be aware of the issues and be intellectually connected, but emotional connection is sort of like, it's like, I think there was a point of burnout too, like, where it's like, if you're too emotionally involved, like, in the Trump organization, like my mom was, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I mean, she was, like, very anti-Trump, which was great, but, like, she was just, like, you know, upset all the time. But like it, yeah, it burns you out. So you need a little bit of detachment. Um, yeah, I guess like yeah. in terms of your studio practice, to bring it back to like why we're even talking about this, is like, is there a you know, is this stuff that you're thinking about? Like, okay, like we want humor, but like we also want to be serious, but also like, yeah, like where do you sit in that kind of like socio-political spectrum? I guess that's not an easy question to answer, but. I think with the Verso books too being a being a good example of it. 
Yeah, I think it's it's not always. I'm trying to think, but I don't know if it's like something like we're always like consciously like kind of like thinking about when we're making work, but it's just something that's sort of like ingrained and in, and in what and how we kind of like see the world. Um, let's say, yeah, yeah, it's it. We're not like consciously thinking about it. I think it's just like a result of the process or something like that. Or just you know what we gravitate towards, or I don't know. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's definitely not like when we're sitting down and thinking about it. When it's not like the at the forefront. It's just kind of yeah. like result or something. Yeah, the process. I'd mm -hmm. say yeah. Well, I think we like we talked about this with Eric too. Like, it's like reverential work and irreverent. It's like obviously there's a deep respect for design and a deep value in the process of design and what it can do but there's also like a serious irreverence that has to that is there and like almost everything um th but obviously if that's not something you're consciously thinking about it it's, it is balanced really well i think that may be what sets you guys apart from some other more like uh just like rebellious types of designers who are just trying to like go against the grain for the sake of it you know mm. um yeah, I feel like, yeah, we, I guess we do often, like, intentionally try to put, like, a little wink in, like, some of our work. I think that's, like, a term we're often, like, using when we're working on a project. Like, uh, you know, it's, like, almost there, but can we add, like, a little wink that's just sort of, like, I don't know, like, a little Easter egg or just, like, a little thing that kind of, like, looks at the camera, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that... Like breaks the fourth wall. A little bit, yeah. Sometimes we we like to do that. Is it usually the clients are people interested in that as well, or is it sort of something you convince them of? Like, uh, usually, yeah. Usually, they don't notice. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that subtle of a wink. <laughs> you try to pull one on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess. We don't have to include this in the actual podcast, but I am curious about screen saviors. Um, if you're willing to come forward, uh, if not, we can totally cut it. But also, <laughs> like, obviously, you have like a deep cynicism for design as well. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I feel like you would talk about like, oh, you fell in love with design and you know, everyone has that moment. And then there's the moment where you fall out of love with it. And you're like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> and then you, maybe you fell back. I don't know. Like detachment versus sincerity is a sort of really interesting idea in design in general. And I'm mm -hmm. curious, like where you are with that. And if screen saviors was sort of like a exorcism <laughs> of some of that. I think, I mean, talk about like therapy, uh, to me, the screensavers was, it's not so much as like being like cynical about design, but more, uh, yeah, it was kind of like a therapy session for me, maybe. Uh, like just venting and sort of, uh, I, I tried, I didn't always succeed, but I tried not to like, uh, just like single out people or poke fun too much at like individuals, but it's more like, self-deprecating about like my experience in the design industry and like uh the traumas that i experienced so a lot of them were just like yeah like design so hard like i don't make any money i don't sleep like <laughs> this sucks <laughs> uh i don't know yeah. Well, I just think it's it's amazing how like universal that message is <laughs> because so many people <laughs> like, you know that's true. Along and, you know, commiserate with it. Yeah, that spine because... behind you though is thick. I will say, I see the, what? the spine on behind you. It's thick. What spine? This is oh. your joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see it sticking out there. Timor. The, uh, yeah. yeah, see, on the shelf. I couldn't even make a joke. I ruined it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but what's nice about screensavers is that, like, it's like connecting to people in a humorous way and also, like, ways of shedding your own trauma. Um, 
I don't know if we need to continue this question, Drew, but I, we do have a recurring question. Um, have there been any uh, experiences in your design career that have affected you emotionally or psycho psychologically? Uh, maybe screensavers is a dump for that. <laughs> Those experiences, I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm curious what you guys have gone through. Yeah, I think screensavers is definitely like its own version of that. At least that's sort of like all of my trauma pre pre no ideas, I would say. Uh, but then, yeah, we've had our own traumas as as a studio as, as well. Let's let's hear them. You got to pick one or two. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were trying to we we knew you were going to ask that question and we were trying to kind of like talk as a studio like what what's like the biggest trauma and kind of like also kind of like learning experience that we've mm -hmm. had as a studio. Um, and I'll let I'll let Phil take it away. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, is it appropriate? Should we Yeah, I guess without going into specifics, we um, we've had we've had a lot of traumas as a studio. Just being a small two-person business, um, yeah. who kind of like started not knowing what they're doing and like figuring it out as you go. Yeah. Uh, but we definitely had w one major project that kind of like blew up, and it became a big learning experience for us. Um, and part of that was we were kind of like working with um, another creative partner. Uh, and we, uh, yeah, like long story short, short we, we got really burned uh, yeah. and sort of got like stripped of all the work we did and didn't get paid and just got really, really burned. Even, even after we kind of like poured our hearts out into this project uh, and that that was like the biggest turning point for us where we sort of like woke up and we realized like oh you know we we learned a lesson about like what the types of people we should work with moving forward and how to like handle ourselves um in those situations i think yeah mm. I, I think like we were just I, like we started the studio and we came into it really naive like everyone else does you know like you go into it thinking like, oh, I'm going to work with these really cool people and we're going to be on the same page and we're just going to stay up all night designing stuff because like we're here to like make the best possible work that we can. And we love this, you know, and and then and we thought everyone was like that. Was like that. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And then and then we just yeah, we got burned so bad. And and that like, you know, naive approach like washed away really quickly it was it was sort of like a bummer to understand that like you know th like that's the the world like that's the actual right. world we're in right. you know like not you know there are certain people who we are aligned with like that but there are other that that project was kind of like eye-opening like oh shit we can get like a lawyer to write us a contract and now we understand why people make like scopes of work and you know stuff like that was it like spec work that then just got like taken from you or, or was it no, like, we were like 90% done with the project and they, they just took all of our work, put it out in the world, didn't pay us or credit <laughs> oh us. Oh my God. That's wow. Like the next week, all of a sudden, like a version of kind of what, like it wasn't maybe how we would have done it, but it essentially like very influenced by what we were doing was like on like social media. And we were just oh, like, wow. what the fuck? <laughs> like, was there anything you guys did about it? Like, or you just had to let it go? Like you didn't like try to. Well, so here, here's the learning experience is that we, uh, I mean, we were pretty upset, but we, we kind of like got over it and we just, just tried to like move on. Um, and uh, funny enough, like a year later, uh, that same, so we didn't get to like, work with that client, obviously. But um, like a year later, that client reached back out to us specifically and not the creative partner we were working with. Right. Uh, and we find out they fired that creative partner, the one who burned us. 
Mm-hmm. And the client just wanted to work with us. And they were like, you guys were so great to work with. Can we work with you guys? <laughs> nice. um, so we sort of, I don't know, we sort of learned like, yeah, just be ourselves and not, uh, yeah, not try to like, yeah, be anyone else. I don't know. That's that's good karmic return, I think. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. the karma police were uh, <laughs> at you. <Yeah. laughs> James wants to die right now. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, Drew has this thing for Radiohead that, like, I, I guess I haven't done experienced the Radiohead experience to know this, but, yeah, when he says it's Radiohead, have, I don't We don't get have to it. go into it. We don't have to go into it. <laughs> um, just curious, is there anything you guys want to talk about, like updates or, like, things that... I was also curious, like, um, like yeah, just, like, as you said, I feel like when you start, like, you just want to stay up all night and, like, design all the time. But obviously now you guys have probably found some sort of balance. But, like, do you guys have to keep each other from, like, going crazy all night? Or, like, is it now, like, do you have to motivate each other to get to that level? Or, like, yeah, like, how's it, how's the balance? Yeah, I think we found a really good balance, actually. I, if anything, like, yeah, definitely when we first started, we were we were stretched pretty thin there. Uh, but just after doing this long enough, uh, we've we found a good balance. And since like the majority of the life of the studio, we've we've tried not to work weekends and tried not to like you know stay past seven at the latest or something right. like that. Um, so yeah, I, don't know. I think I think we've actually found a pretty good balance for the most part. Yeah, nice. I don't know how much. Uh, people have like talked to you about like the pandemic and how it affected their business and stuff like that. But yeah, like when that hit for us, we were just like, holy shit, you know, what are we going to do? And so, I mean, it was, it was kind of like a scary little bit there uh, trying to like figure out like the stuff, the projects that we were working on, both the projects that we had lined up right before Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit were event related. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, like we you were can't ready. can't do anything forward. about it. Exactly. So they were just like, obviously, we're not going to move forward with these projects. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty scary. And then, you know, after that shored up, we kind of like took everything that came in. Like literally right. anyone who emailed us, we were just yeah. like, we will, you Forgot know, we're going to work on this. <laughs> and, uh, and, that, and then that was super stressful because then, yeah. Yeah, actually, I forgot about last year. Last <laughs> year was not a good year. We we were stretched pretty thin again. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely calmed down now. Like, but when you first reached out to us for the podcast a while back, yeah, um, yeah we were taking on anything and everything, and yeah. uh, we were kind of overworked. I think. Yeah. <laughs> was that yeah. before? Well, that must have been right after I talked to you guys the first time because you guys seemed pretty chill then you were like having like you were like yeah everything's great <laughs> or not great it was a pandemic still at that point yeah. but like you guys didn't yeah, yeah. seem like that you were down to talk but then it like seemed like it was like you know intense yeah it goes in waves I guess <laughs> yeah yeah probably any like business owner I guess would tell you that where it's like some months you're just like kind of you know you have like too much and you can't handle it and then you know, three months later, it's like, oh, things are slowing down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since you guys uh, seem to be fans of what we're doing, we're curious if you have any things you want to see happen. Do you want to confront us about anything that uh, <laughs> has troubled you about what we're doing here? Uh, this is an open floor, you know? I'm ready to see that merch that I heard so much about. Uh, yeah. Come on, Drew. I got. I got. We're on it. On that. We're on it. The, yeah. the issue is, I really don't have funds right now to, <laughs> to do it. But my first paycheck at my new job should be coming in like a couple weeks. So maybe, maybe then I'll. Oh yeah. Be able to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the did I? I didn't say what it what it what it is, right? No, I don't think so. Good. Okay. Well, you'll be you'll you'll get one for sure yeah. when it comes. Hopefully within a couple like a month or so we could get something i don't know but it's I, i'm pretty excited about it um, we'll make it happen uh, i'll, yeah, I'll yeah. be on drew yeah um I'm really curious what um you know like because when we were talking to you you were kind of doing the pitchfork thing and uh and now you're kind of moving on so what 
what led you to do that? Oh, that's tricky. Uh, I mean, Pitchfork was like my dream and it was great. And I learned so much about myself and everything, but it just has its limitations in terms of a being like one person on a team, the only person interested in design on a team. That's not, that's not design. Like it's not a design place. It's a, like a publication and, it wasn't, there wasn't a design team. So, you know, a lot of the times I was just working alone, which is great, which is one of the things I'm interested with you guys. It's like, you know, you're the ones in the driver's seat. So sometimes it can be hard in that context to like, say like, well, how do I, if all I have is myself to push this further and push this to like a place that makes me excited. Like sometimes you don't have the energy to just do it all on your own and like push yourself there. So I think I, it wasn't burnout per se, but it was just like, I need like collaborators and like, we don't have a budget. We don't have, like, I can't work with other illustrators. I can't like hire a blank to do like something on this thing and no ability to like code the back end, uh, like just illustrations. And I got like really interested in that. And I actually think I was like at a point where if I had kept going, I would have like gotten even more into it, but I think I just miss like design, <laughs> like yeah. graphic design, like branding, like full systems and building them out and applying them across different medium. Like there really wasn't opportunity for that. Um, so it really comes down to just, yeah, that, I mean, that was like the hardest decision I've made in my career so far. So that, that, uh, that was definitely a concern of mine too. Cause I, I was doing agency work and then I went in house at Fox you, like a long time ago. So that like moving away from you're focused on design, but you're not focused on design as a team. And like nice thing about agency work is you can do really cutting edge work that might not see the light of day, but it's still cutting edge, which is really nice. And that like, and you still get to make it. Ability. Yeah. You yeah, have yeah, those yeah. conversations internally and like, yeah, maybe they don't make it through, but that's what you're like, that's the bulk of what the conversations you're having and the people you're working with are like interested in that as a process, right? Exactly. exactly. The process is not relevant to anybody when you're working at like a media company, really like they, they just want to know what they're going to get. When are you going to get it? Uh, uh, and I was able to like, you know, have conversations with editors and things like that, that like we really forged bonds, which I think was another thing that made it hard to leave. Um, but at the end of the day, they're not designers and they don't want to have like too deep conversations about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. plus, yeah. but yeah, I mean, God, it's tough. Um, but my position I think is open. So if either one of you wants to <laughs> get in there, you know, ditch the, uh, you guys should just ditch one another and just <laughs> go yeah. full Condé Nast, you know? I don't know, man. Those are pretty good shoes to fill. I, we were talking about like the covers that you're making for the podcast, and it's just like this stuff is just so wild, man. I don't. My brain doesn't work that way. I don't. I don't even know. It's so interesting to think because, like, I mean, I appreciate that so much because honestly, when I'm making them, I'm just like this might just be the worst thing I've ever made in my life. And, like, <laughs> and I honestly like maybe I don't care anymore about that, like. But I do. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious, like, what, what makes you say that and whether it's, like, this guy's nuts or, like, like I don't know. What does it come across as? I'm actually curious. I think I've seen so much now. I think, like, my brain is so, like, fatigued by graphic design and I've seen so much of it. And so when I see something that's, like, new or fresh or stimulating, I gravitate towards it, you know? Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I, it, it feels like a combination of so many other like different elements coming together in a composition that like works in a like weirdly like aesthetically pleasing way. I can't I can't put my finger on it, but I know because I'm having a hard a hard time like distinguishing like what's good and what's bad too. Right, I, have, right. I have for like a while now, but um, whenever I see something that has that kind of energy, I like gravitate towards it. I yeah. yeah. I mean, at your point, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, right? It's like, if well, it has to work, I guess, whatever that means. Well, yeah. But if it's, it, especially in this like art 
sense. Like as long as you're facilitating like a reaction and, you know, and it's memorable and people are having like emotional reactions to it. I think that's great. Well, I think you're inventing like form too, you know, like you're like coming up with something that, that feels like, you know, like different, you know? So. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that's like my greatest hope and it, but it is hard to know if I'm hitting the mark or not because it is sort of reliant on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I am doing. Like I, I know what I'm doing in in the sense, and I think James can attest to this. Where it's like, I know when it's done, and I don't have to think too much about it anymore. Um, but I like am so insecure about some of that stuff, and it always is so amazing to me when people like, whether they're buttering me up or whatever, like that they actually say good things about it. Because I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I literally made that so quickly, and like. It is a disaster. Um, yeah. Is there any last words? Any, any new projects you guys want to? No, I mean, this has been really great. And it, I mean, to be honest, this really has been like a therapy session for us. Uh, nice. You know, we don't often like as a studio sit here and reflect on like the work we do. And we've definitely like, yeah, like you guys kind of talking about our work is really refreshing to hear. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's always our hope. And like, honestly, we've said this to many people, but like we I think we'd love to like do check ins with with people who we've had on before, like have like another because like, oh, you're like, you know, here you've been here, you get it. And then it's like, come back and like, let's talk again or like, you know, be you could be one of our patients. We are not licensed. Uh, <laughs> we have no affiliations with any accredited uh, institutions, but except for RISD apparently. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like that's our goal. And like, it's so awesome that people are like, you guys are willing and people are willing to be on it. And uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And also we need a mantra, I guess. I have one. Um, have empathy. <laughs> right. Empathy rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's better. That's better. Uh, empathy totes. No, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you have one? Oh, totes empathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that or, I don't know, is there like something about the humor or something maybe? Yeah. I'm going to go with empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Laugh it off. Laugh LOL. It off. LOL. <laughs> well, um, cool guys. Yeah, thanks um, again. Yeah, thank you so much.